0: this is Danny Ryan and welcome to the three will podcast today I have Bo George here with me thanks for joining me Bo. thanks for having me absolutely absolutely um thank you for taking a little bit of time off of projects you've been busy recently
1: yeah yep uh three or three projects going at the same time
0: oh channel, so. that keeps you out of trouble <laughs>
1: yeah
0: my goodness I uh yeah that's 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 tough to be on multiple projects
1: yeah, because you always want to give your, your all to all your customers, and sometimes when you're balancing the two, got you got you to choose when to buy, fight the battles and, yep. and all that stuff. So.
0: Yep. Well, cool. Thank you for uh, coming in here, and uh, I know today we wanted to focus in on managed metadata. Yes. Managed metadata. So what is, um, you know me, I used to be technical, I'm not technical anymore, but maybe for someone who uh, needs a little bit of a primer on this, what, what is managed metadata?
1: Okay. Yeah. It's um, So it's a service, you know, within SharePoint, you have a bunch of service applications, search is a service application, user profile is, managed metadata just happens to be another service that's available. Okay. Um, some customers use it more than others. And I thought it would be kind of fun to talk about because I haven't heard much talk of it in our, in our podcast. Um, so there's plenty of stuff on the web. Um, but I, I thought you know, a couple of recent projects I've used it on. Uh-huh. Um, and, and I really kind of like like what value it adds to the project. So I thought we would talk about it.
0: Very cool. Very cool. So um, so you've used it on a couple of recent projects. That... Yep. So there were some requirements that sort of said, "Hey, this really lends itself to managed metadata."
1: Yeah, yeah, and if, if you kind of step back and think about managed metadata, a lot of people historically who've built things in SharePoint, you know, will build site columns, like uh-huh. say a choice list, or um, and then a content type that uses that site column, and you'll have a list of choices, and those, you know, those are of course relevant to the content type. Um, I was trying to think of a good way to explain this um, that would make sense. And so I was thinking about, as a technical person, we always use auto manufacturers and uh, say you've got a truck and a car, uh-huh. and then within cars, you've got the manufacturers, you've got Toyota, Lexus and so on. Yep. Um, and then within Toyota, you've got the, the different types of cars, you've got a Camry and so on. Um, so that is a, it's a hierarchy okay. of things, but also at the same time, You've got um, trucks, and so you, when people are, when they've selected truck, you want them to only be able to pick trucks, or when they've selected car, only cars. Yeah. Or further down, if they've only selected Toyota, well, you only want them to pick within Toyota, and so that that hierarchical, that's such a hard word to say, hierarchical <laughs> nature of data that you want to tag stuff with uh-huh. really lends itself to the managed metadata service, right? So you can define a tree of all your corporate stuff. And, and, and in a corporate sense, it might be you have accounts. Within uh-huh. accounts, you have projects. Within projects, you have an initiative or a task or whatever it is, you know, everything, not everything, but most things can have a an hierarchy. Uh-huh. And so that's the sort of mentality that made me think of using the management metadata data service. Okay. Um, once you put your data into the management metadata data service, and in a little bit, I'll talk about ways to get it in there. But once you put it in there, then you can expose it in site columns okay. for use in different ways. And what I really like about the relationship between the two, between the 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 term set that you define in manage metadata service. So so in our in our car sense, you might have a a automotive term set and uh-huh. the whole tree of all that stuff I talked about in there. Well you can pick different pieces of the hierarchy and, and use those in a site column. So you could say When I'm in the Toyota list and the Toyota content type, then I only want to use a subset of the overall tree, and I create that relationship. Okay. Um, And then I can have another site column that maybe is further up in the tree or further down in the tree, and so you can limit how much of the tree your users interact with and can choose from, which is nice. Um, Meanwhile, you still have all of that metadata defined in a central place. And so I like... The flexibility of, of how you can use the tree in your different um, list, library, site columns. So
0: you can use it so. multiple lists. You mm-hmm. can use it wherever you need it.
1: Yep, and that's and that's what on the the projects I've been on. That's what we've done. Sometimes we use the whole term set, and sometimes we divide it up. to to limit it based on the scope of maybe where somebody is within the site Mm -hmm. of the particular list they're interacting with or the particular site or what have you. Um, And so it makes for a good flexible experience. And then, you know, all of this metadata and everything, of course, bubbles up in search and search refiners and all of that kind of stuff. So um, when people are looking for documents, they tend to be more global. Um, and so they're you know they're not within the scope of a particular list. They're usually within the whole farm and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so having that management metadata values that you tag stuff as a refiner is of course supported and and pretty cool too.
0: So and so this relates over to search. So like uh, back to the automotive, if you wanted to look for all the content that's related to a certain type of car, you could search for that content. Right. Yep and how it sounds like uh, for a typical project or typical client you're designing multiple term sets is that correct
1: yeah yeah you know you in 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 the case of um some clients it might one one type of term that i i've used across all is usually document type okay um that's that's a really good example of a lot of customers may call these content types in a lot of cases but I think stepping back and not creating a content type for each type of document in your company but instead creating a term set with document types allows you a hierarchy and a and a, a little bit simpler more flexible way to manage things so document types is one and then a lot of the other term sets are usually very business specific um, maybe it's uh, trying to think of one that doesn't give too much away maybe it's organizational structure okay um, so your um, departments and you have a hierarchy to your organization so one might be that so that you could tag content with maybe the owning department or mm-hmm. or if you have a hierarchy it could be well this is owned by the um, IT services group or this one might be owned by global IT you know you can with a hierarchy you can tag at different locations there too. Is
0: there typically, like, industry-specific term sets, so something that has to do with whatever industry the client's in?
1: You you can have those as well and import them. And that, that's the other thing um, that's awesome about term sets is there's a really way, really easy way to import a term set. Oh, okay. It's, a, it's just a, a CSV file. Um, so if you go to the service, you right-click on it, and you say Import File, and, and there's just a structure. It's, it's column-based where you say... Well, here's my level one values here's my level two my level three and so on and as long as you follow their little structure for your excel csv file you click import and it creates this you know whiz bang looking um tree in there for you to use for tagging stuff
0: there. are people sort of publishing term sets out on the web or is this you you're doing your own stuff with you're
1: this? usually doing your own I, I i suspect i haven't looked for sort of Industry standard term sets, but but there probably some are Uh Um, But the cool thing about the service is you just go to the service and say I want to download a sample file It gives you that structure you kind of fill in your own and then you turn around and import it back in nice Um, One thing that I actually to get a little more technical that I found was pretty cool is So I had two different clients that were using this on one is an on-premise and one is an office 365 um, for the Office three hundred and sixty-five, we're trying some repeatability, so we're using patterns and practices. And what's really cool in patterns and practices is you have that same CSV file, mm-hmm. but if you run it through their code, it'll you can you can import it over and over and over and over. And what it'll do is it'll try to figure out the differences between your Excel file and what's in your term set. So if you add terms delete terms, move around the hierarchy, it'll figure all that out for you, which is really cool.
0: Nice. So as things are changing with the term set, you can keep them up to date.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And a a really good example of that happening is, you know, one, the term store and term sets are intended to support change. That's kind of why they're centralized and you can move and, and all that, all those things are supported through the UI. But one of the customers I have um, I, they probably worked on defining their managed metadata taxonomy for a year, uh-huh. um, and even when we got down to the the final wire, where it was like, "All right, you guys have been at this for a year. We're gonna we're gonna import these into the term store." Well, the, the next day it was like, "Well, we want to change. We want to add a fourth level here, and we want to move this stuff around." And um, so the patterns and practices stuff would be great for that sort of change, so that you don't have somebody in the UI going through and click add, click add, mm-hmm. click add, that can be painful. So
0: so is, since this is a service is something that can work across site collections, then mm-hmm. no issues with that.
1: Yeah, yeah, and that's a that's another great reason why I like that. Because in the in the site column space, so if I just defined a site column through code and uh-huh. created that in I could create it in the content type hub and, and some ways to get it to all the site collections, but typically mm-hmm. it's required a developer and code to make that the values in that choice field be the same across site collections typically Mm -hmm. Um, uh, but with the managed metadata service because it is a service and it's exposed to the all the web apps and site collections it just inherently is available to everything
0: so do we typically after we're done with the pro do we train somebody how to keep the term store up to date or do you show somebody how to do that then
1: yeah yeah and in in one of (coughs) the customers cases the she's she, oh, she's what I would call a SharePoint power user. She's maintaining the term set. Um, you know, IT, who manages in central admin, can grant specific end users the power to manage the term store and term mm-hmm. sets. Mm-hmm. Um, so, she, you know, she doesn't have to be a SharePoint administrator to get in. She can just get in to manage bits and pieces of that service through the permission they granted. And, and she's been doing that now already.
0: hmm it seems like something you use, want to use, almost across every most projects yeah, you're on. I,
1: I find I like it more and more, and I, I've, uh-huh. I've known about it and used it in in the past. But recent projects really made it come to the forefront as something that made a lot of sense. The the one the the Office 365 project. We have a very specific business-specific um, site structure. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's parent sites and then child. I'll call them project sites, but it's it's another term that's sort of specific to that company. But so there's a structure there, and then our term set relates to those sites as well. So when you're at the the parent, I'll call it the account site, um, only specific terms are available. Then when you're down in the project site, then then a larger subset of terms are available and stuff like that and I like that that ability. Another thing that is kind of cool <clears throat> is it's not only a single term. So let me how do, how do I put this in English and not techie? Um say say you How
0: have, can I put this so Danny will understand what no, I'm talking
1: I'm thinking about? about everybody no, on I appreciate phone. that. Yeah, good. No, so <laughs> oh, and I cracked my knuckles. Um <laughs> so let's let's take that car paradigm and say say you do have a um what do I drive? I have a Toyota Tacoma. So uh-huh. so that's my that's already my truck, my make, and my model, based on the hierarchy. Well, there's other attributes that describe my particular Tacoma, right? So it has, it actually has some custom wheels. Okay. Um, so I might want to say that about my Tacoma um, term, and then I might want to say it has pleather seats. Um, and you know other attributes. Uh-huh. And so the cool thing about a term is not only is it a single label that, that the world can see, it can have other attributes uh, that, that tell you more about it. And projects is a good case for some of our customers where we have that. You have a project code, you have a project label, but you might have a start date, an end date, You might have an industry, um, uh, associated technologies, an account owner, all these attributes about that project. Uh And so you can put that in the term store too, and then that stuff can bubble up in other places. So when I pick the um, Toyota Tacoma, Uh all, all these other attributes about that term, can be available to be used in different stuff, too.
0: So a term can have as many attributes as you want it yeah, to have.
1: I Yeah, mentally, visually, I think of it as like a sort of a star coming, coming off of a term where uh-huh. it's, it's really in SharePoint, it's called a custom attribute, which it's weird because you got metadata, which is an attribute of, say, a document, but then your term can have attributes that further describe it, too.
0: Don't make my head explode please. Thank
1: you. I appreciate it no. metadata about
0: metadata meta, how meta yeah. I appreciate that's very meta. anything um, since you're you know, for somebody who may be on their pro, on a first project where they're using managed metadata, anything that you've learned so far that as far as tips that you would say hey look out for this or I learned this after a while or anything that you have that uh, any any pearls of wisdom that you have since you've been using it a lot recently.
1: Think think a lot about your structure of your term set and how people will use it. One of the, you know, if I if I flip the side of the coin to say some things that drive me a little bit bonkers is, um, because it it can be it doesn't have to be it can be a hierarchy based structure. Uh huh. Um, you have to make sure you define that and decide how you're going to use it really well, because you want to make it easy on end users and not confusing and by that I mean if you have a really massive structure, we have some with 13,000 items um, when a user starts typing in that box to pick something, mm-hmm. you want it to lead them to the answer and if you have multiple terms that are kind of the same like where, where I have to as a user go, do I mean A or do I mean B because these two are so similar, I'm not yeah. sure yeah. those sorts of things are what you should think about with how you define your hierarchy, and how much of your hierarchy you expose to users in different places. Good.
0: Anything else, anything else before you wrap this up?
1: Um, my, one, my one last cool technical thing about the term set is patterns and practices as a great way to fill it in. On some other projects, we have stuff coming from an external content database uh-huh. into the term set. So, so we have timer jobs that pull an external database from a third-party system and create terms and manage terms out of that. And I think that's cool. You know, at the time we were debating external content types or term sets. And in our case, I, I, I didn't like external content types and stuff like that for this solution. So this is in the end, when you make it native to SharePoint, which external content isn't quite native, um, I think we've gotten more functionality of that. So, so consider you know a simple timer job. Can populate your term store and term sets from some other
0: database or So some other, other system. Some other system is actually the thing that once it gets updated,
1: yeah, that'll update Yeah, The other, the your the other term system set. is actually what owns the data and the terms and we're just figuring out how to create the term set ah, from it. Cool. So,
0: mm-hmm. Very cool. Well thank you for taking the time to do this. I appreciate okay. you coming by quarter at least I see you quarterly. Yeah. It's nice and how are things uh, how are how's how's Beth doing?
1: She's good, she's yeah. good. Yeah, uh, we just got back from a vacation to the uh, cruise. Nice. And, um, and she's already trying to plan the next one. So I think that's the way it goes, cruise life. And, and Barrett looking forward to the summer? Yeah, They just. he just got out of school, so he's already staying up late, sleeping late. <laughs> Uh, He's 12 going on 18
0: years. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Well, thank you for doing this. I appreciate you uh, spending some time with me. And everybody listening, thank you for taking the time to listen and have a wonderful day. Thank you. Bye bye.